Hi, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. Did you miss us? <laughs> Our two-month break between seasons flew by, but we're all so happy to be back for season 11 of the podcast. We have some fun new things we're introducing to the show, amazing interviews planned with people we admire, and some interesting topics that we can't wait to dive into. So, some of our staff are back in the office, but most of us are still working safely from home. So we're recording from the office, recording from home, recording from our phones or computers or, you know, with our fancy audio equipment. So it's kind of a mismatch right now, but we're making it work the best we can. So thanks for joining us on the show each week. We really appreciate each and every one of you. On today's show, we're sharing our best tips for making a stylish bed. Everything from fabric and designs to consider when making a bed quilt, how to make your bed pretty, and tips for measuring your quilt to make the perfect size quilt. We're also sharing some favorite products for handwork. We know summer is a popular time for handwork, and these tool suggestions will really up your game. One of our staff members shares a fun project she's working on right now, and we end the show with a few inspiring stories of quilters making a difference in their communities. So let's dive in. If you're a quilter, the odds are high that you have a quilt on your bed. It seems that one of the hallmark moments of a quilter's life is making their first quilt for their bed. But once the quilt is made, there are some things to consider. I'm here with Elizabeth Stumbo, the art director of American Patchwork and Quilting, to chat about how to make your bed the most stylish. Hi, everyone. Lindsay's so right. Bed quilts can take a lot of time and money to make, and you want them to last a long time. And since we all spend every night in our bed, we want our quilts to work perfectly in our spaces and for our styles. So first, let's talk about color. So before you start a bed quilt, you want to think about your room's colors, your decor style, and how often you may be changing up your room. If you plan to switch the quilt on your bed often, we suggest keeping your bedroom colors neutral. A neutral wall color and decor means that you can easily change your quilt out for the seasons and holidays without it clashing with your room's colors. It's giving your quilts a blank canvas so that they can really be the star of your room. Keeping your room decor neutral is such a good tip. So in my personal bedroom, I chose to install neutral gray carpeting and I also painted the walls a light gray color. This allows me to easily swap the quilts I display on my bed with the changing of the seasons or just whenever I want a quick refresh. I want all of the focus to be on the bright, colorful quilts that I choose to display. But the opposite can work as well. If you love to paint or redecorate your room often, choose a bed quilt in neutral colors. That way, no matter what colors you introduce to the room through paint, decor, or pillows, the quilt will always look like it belongs. If your room's decor features a lot of color and pattern, consider adding a quilted throw to your bed instead of a bed quilt. This allows the quilt to act as an accent to the room instead of a clashing focal point. This rings true for me personally. I just added a tropical accent wall in my bedroom with wallpaper. 
I tried putting a quilt on the bed and it was just too much pattern and color in one space and made the room feel kind of stressful. So I'm going to throw a smaller throw at the end of the bed instead. So let's talk about fabric choices next. A bed quilt is a great time to experiment with your backing fabric. Since bed quilts are larger, it's the perfect time to choose a fun print for the backing. Try something you wouldn't normally choose for the quilt top, such as a large-scale large floral or a bold stripe. Turning back the quilt on your bed then becomes a fun accent to your room. I love that idea. Another way to add an extra special touch to your bed is to make pillowcases that match your quilt. You can make extra blocks to use on the band of the pillowcase, or just choose a fabric that was used in the quilt for a sham. It really ties the bedding's look together. Another important thing to consider when making a bed quilt is how it will lay on your bed. If you choose a quilt design that has large blocks, you may lose the overall effect of the quilt once part of the quilt hangs down the sides. If your quilt has a large design or a focal point, such as applique or a medallion center, make sure it will be centered on your bed. Otherwise, the quilt will just look crooked. <laughs> Great point. Depending on your bed's size, that might be a time when you need to adjust the pattern by adding borders to make the focal point centered. Another simple idea to jazz up your bed is to hang a quilt off the end of a footboard if your bed has one. That's also a simple idea to add a seasonal or holiday quilt to your room as a decoration. And no worries if you get a larger bed at some point, or you have the most amazing quilt you love that just isn't quite big enough for your bed. You can always try setting the quilt on top of the bedding on point as a bed topper. It can add a unique look to the room, and it's something we often try um, when we're doing photography for our magazines. I love that idea. But no matter how you style your bed, a handmade quilt will be a beautiful addition to your space. So, we've talked about things to consider before making your bed and some fun styling ideas. But none of these things will matter if you don't make your bed each day. Right, Elizabeth? That is definitely true. And while we admit that making your bed isn't the most fun to do every single day, <laughs> it's hard to devote yourself to this daily task when you know you're just going to have to unmake your bed later. However, making your bed can have a positive impact on your day. And as a quilter, it's a fantastic way to show off handmade bedding and throws. So let's take some time to look at a couple of benefits um, for this simple two-minute task. First things first, it starts your day off right. So you may be familiar with the well-known 2014 commencement speech at the University of Texas at Austin, in which Naval Admiral William McRaven, the commander of U.S. Special Operations, shared his thoughts on making your bed. He said, if you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small sense of pride, and it will encourage you to do another task and another and another. By the end of the day, that one task completed will have turned into many tasks completed. So simply put, making your bed is a small accomplishment that will set the tone for the entire day. I love that. 
Um, Also in the book, The Power of Habit, author Charles Duhigg states that making your bed daily becomes a keystone habit, which then kickstarts a chain of other good decisions throughout the day. Everything from better spending habits to healthier eating habits, all of which sound good to me. (laughs) And I have to admit that for most of my life, I did not make my bed. I just didn't see the point. However, now it has become so ingrained in my morning routine that it actually feels wrong to leave the house without first making my bed. Kind of in the same way it would feel strange for me to leave the house without my shoes on. (laughs) I was the complete opposite. I have made my bed every day growing up. um, And then I got married and my husband likes to sleep a lot later than I do. So now I have to rely on him to make the bed every day, which is usually not a priority for him. So (laughs) I wish I made my bed every day. Okay, so the next benefit of making your bed is that it keeps you organized. If you've been a longtime listener to the podcast, you know that Elizabeth and I are passionate about organization. So no wonder this made it on the list. They know us so well, Lindsay. (laughs) So making your bed each day brings to light other areas of your bedroom and even your home that may need a little extra TLC. Once one area of your house is tidy, It encourages you to help pick up other areas of the room or your home so that things look more organized and stylish. A neat bed shows that one simple action can make a huge impact, so it may inspire you to tackle your closet, your junk drawer, or your bookcase next. Personally, I find it hard to feel creative, relaxed, and accomplished when I'm surrounded by disorganization. Same here. And lastly, making your bed improves your mood. You spend at least eight hours a day in your bedroom or a third of your life. So of course the way your room looks has an impact on how you feel and your mindset. A stylish bed creates a space that is tranquil and put together, and that feeling extends to your own emotions. It also shows that you care about your home, yourself, and of course any quilts on your bed, which gives you a feeling of being cared for and appreciated. Gretchen Rubin, the author of the book, The Happiness Project, which I highly recommend, agrees that the most common change that can lead to happiness is making your bed each morning. She says when you're feeling overwhelmed, this task can bring control to your life and also energize you. Who knew that such a simple task could bring such positive changes? After reading Gretchen's book, I decided to try my own happiness experiment and started to make my bed every morning. That was really a pivotal change for me. And years later, I can 100% say that I agree with her statement. The simple act of making my bed every morning does make me feel more productive and happier. And these feelings are even more amplified when I make my bed with a handmade quilt. Thanks so much, Elizabeth. We're going to take a quick ad break, but hang in there. Elizabeth and I will be talking next about how to measure your bed for a quilt. We're back. Now Elizabeth and I are going to tackle Ask Us Anything, a segment where we answer your most pressing quilting questions. Recently, we've been getting some questions about how to measure your bed for a quilt. So a few years ago, making a bed quilt was a little bit easier. Beds came in pretty standard sizes and people made their beds in a pretty uniform way. But now there are so many different mattress heights, bed frame or platform options, and even different ways people like to turn or tuck their quilts when making their beds. 
It's a very personal choice and all of these things can factor into the size of quilt you need for your bed. For example, a low profile platform bed and foam mattresses have become extremely popular in recent years. And many of these platform beds and mattresses don't require box springs, which can drastically alter the height of your bed. So let's start by talking about some common terms that you'll hear us mention. Drop, the word drop, is the part of the quilt that extends over the edge of the mattress. It's the part that drops or hangs down. The word tuck is the part of the quilt that folds under the pillows should you want your quilt to cover them. Some people prefer their pillows to lay on top of the quilt so they don't need that extra length. Next, you'll want to measure your bed. And before you measure, make sure to have the blankets, sheets, and pillows on the bed that will be used with the quilt. First, measure the width of the mattress, then add twice the drop length. The drop length is completely up to you. Some may want it shorter drops depending on their bed frame, while others may like their quilt to graze the floor. Next, measure the length of your mattress. If you want the quilt to cover your pillows, Measure the mattress length, then add one drop length for the end of the bed, plus between 10 to 20 inches for the pillow tuck. The exact amount to add really depends on the fullness of your pillows or how many you have on your bed. If you don't want your quilt to go over the pillows, measure the mattress, mattress length and just add one drop length. So we actually have a super handy picture of how to measure online for all of you visual learners out there. So just visit our show notes for the link. And once you know the size you need for your quilt, you'll have to find the right pattern. It's likely that you'll have to adjust a pattern you love just to fit your bed. Very true. But adjusting a pattern isn't hard. So here are some ideas for doing that. You can add or subtract rows of blocks. You can add sashing in between the blocks to make the quilt larger or make the sashing skinnier to make the quilt smaller. You can also add borders to the quilt in whatever widths you need to make the quilt the correct size. And one more thing to keep in mind, the amount of quilting done and the type of batting used can sometimes result in a 3 to 5% shrinkage in the overall size of the quilt. That's something I didn't know before. So washing and drying the finished quilt can actually shrink the quilt slightly, so just plan accordingly. Thanks so much, Elizabeth. We are so excited to share all these tips about bed quilts and adding one to your room because today starts our sweet quilty home challenge we're hosting on the podcast and social media. This challenge will last for 10 weeks this summer from July 6th to September 13th. So this program focuses on creating your best home, a beautiful place to relax and be creative. So each week we'll issue a challenge one small step you can take throughout the week to brighten your home and set your space up for sewing success. This week's challenge is to add a quilt to your bed or style it pretty if you already have one on your bed. So if you participate, you can use the hashtag SweetQuiltyHome on Instagram and then you can also visit our show notes for a link to the Sweet Quilty Home page on our website where we'll list details of each week's challenge and a lot of helpful content, videos, and patterns to get you started. 
So all the podcast episodes during these next 10 weeks will coordinate with the week's challenge. So keep listening in. Now we're moving on to what we're loving, a segment where we share some products, books, or people we're loving right now. We've seen a lot of people pick up handwork recently, so we thought it would be fun to share a few products that make handwork easier. The first product is Thread Gloss from designer Carolyn Friedlander. If you don't know what Thread Gloss is, it's a conditioner for your thread that reduces snags, frays, and tangles, which makes it ideal for handwork. So Carolyn Friedlander partnered with SoFine to launch her own scents of this beeswax-based gloss. So the scents or smells are golden blossom, lemon verbena, and lemongrass and leaf. And they all smell so amazing, but they're very subtle, so they're not overwhelming at all. The next product we want to share is a pattern from Flamingo Toes. The pattern is called Floral Sewing Machine Embroidery Pattern. So the embroidery design fits in an eight inch diameter embroidery hoop, and it has a cute sewing machine with flower accents on the machine. And then laying under the needle is a little quilt with a star block and a heart in the center. It is so adorable. The pattern is a downloadable PDF, and it comes with the stitch placement, color information, and instructions for finishing. And the last product to share is for all of those English paper piecers out there. Many of you have probably heard of the add a quarter inch ruler from CM Designs. It's a really popular tool for foundation paper piecing. Well, CM Designs also makes an add three eighths ruler. So the raised lip on this ruler, it butts against a paper template, which makes it really easy to cut multiple layers of fabric for English paper piecing. That is the recommended three eighths inches larger than the template, which is so handy. So we're gonna link to all these products in our show notes so that you can see more details or purchase them if you'd like. We're going to pause for another commercial break, but stay tuned. After the break, we'll be sharing some uplifting quilting stories. And we're back. I'm now here with Allison Gam, the designer of Quilts and More, for the segment, What's on Your Workspace? So Allison, we're all dying to know what's on your workspace right now. Well, I've been doing a lot of sewing lately, but I'm actually kind of between projects right now. I have a couple quilts that need to be quilted and some that I'm ready to start, but I'm just not quite ready to dive in. (laughs) I understand Um, that. (laughs) Yes. So whenever I'm between projects, I pull out this ongoing project that I'm working on and it's a bunch of granny squares. So about a year ago, my scrap bins were overflowing. So I dug out my scraps and decided to cut them into one and a half inch squares. And I just keep them sorted by color and I always have them in a spot that's easily accessible. That way, you know, when I'm in between projects, I can just quickly sew a few blocks. So if you're cutting squares at one and a half inch, that means your granny squares finish at what size? Um, a little under four and a half inches. Oh, that's so, so tiny. That's <laughs> Um, but yeah, granny squares are my favorite. So like, I don't mind putting them together. I just find them very relaxing and kind of meditative to just keep on sewing them together. And since you're using scraps, are they like all colors or do you have a specific color palette? 
I'm doing all sorts of colors, um, but it's fun digging through my stash because I realize what colors I use most and which I use least. So I have a ton of blue fabric. That doesn't so, surprise me at all. <laughs> I know. So once this, whatever this quilt ends up becoming, I have no idea what it's going to be. I'm just going to keep making with my scraps, but I'll probably have a lot of blue blocks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, so just making them as you go. See yeah, I, exactly. So yeah, like a year ago, I went through all my scrap bins and pulled out the more, the smaller pieces. Um, so I haven't had a ton more to add to my scrap bins. Um, so I'm kind of working with what I've cut and it's fun because it's kind of like a, a scrapbooking sort of quilt because I have pieces obviously from projects I've worked on in the past. So as I sew with these fabrics, it's a nice little reminder. I can remember which quilt it came from and, you know, it's just kind of a walk down memory lane. That's so fun. Yeah. So I have, I just keep making these blocks. And like I said, when I, you know, in between projects or, you know, sometimes we go long stretches without sewing and you're like, I just need to sew something. Um, you know, sometimes I just make one block and it kind of satisfies that sewing craving. How long does one block take you to make? I've never actually paid attention. <laughs> just like wondering um, if it was since your pieces were so tiny and there's so many squares of it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've kind of got, yeah, I've kind of got a method down now. I'd say it probably takes maybe 10 minutes, if that. So yeah, that's perfect. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, it's just so mindless to me and just kind of relaxing. Yeah, you have such a method down. I know uh, a few weeks ago, you actually shared your method with our Instagram followers and you did a little takeover for us. Um, and it was fascinating to watch you like move them between your sewing uh, area and your ironing board. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't even know how many I've made at this point, probably close to 50, I would guess, or more. Um, so, you know, those first few, I just kind of was like making things up as I went, but now I definitely have a method. Right, because did you just like make up the pattern? I mean, the yeah, granny I mean, squares are pretty just, simple. Yeah, it's just a basic block, um, which again, is nice because you don't have to, rem because everything is cut at one and a half in inches, you don't have to remember like a bunch of different sizes you need to cut or certain pressing directions. It's just so easy to put together. Fun. Anything else you want to say about it? No, it's just um, a really fun project. And I encourage everyone to have like a little side project to work on, you know, between projects or just to fit a little sewing. And it's, it's really, um, I don't know, it's just a great way to get more sewing in. And it's just um, nice to have that creative outlet. Love it. So if you don't follow Allison on Instagram already, make sure you check her out at Allison Gam. That's G-A-M-M. -M, um, so you can keep up with what she's working on. So now we're moving on to Quilting Changes Everything, a segment where Allison shares stories of quilters making a difference in their communities. So take it away, Allison. If there's one thing that this pandemic has taught us, it's that having a sense of community is really important. As quilters, we know how much community can inspire us, elevate us, motivate us, and bring us together. A small community outside of Sheffield in England is using quilting to put their thoughts onto fabric. Amy Chambers, a community member and organizer of a community quilt, has encouraged town citizens to stitch, draw, embroider, paint, or stamp onto a square of cotton to show how they're feeling at this unusual time. Each square finishes around five inches. 
Once all of the squares have been collected, they will be sewn together to make a community quilt that will be on display. Amy said, I've got a feeling we can make something beautiful between us. Amy has received blogs from businesses, residents, and students at a local school. She has been amazed by everyone's creativity and contributions to this project. Each block has its own personality, which is what makes this project so unique. Some blocks feature beautiful embroidery, while others feature handmade drawings. One of the blocks has a mix of both techniques, depicting what this individual has been doing now that they have more time on their hands. They've sketched things like a watering can with the word garden next to it, and an easel with the word paint next to it. This community quilt will serve as a special reminder of this unique time in history for many years to come. While many kids are on summer break from school, three girls from Cahasset, Massachusetts have been hard at work sewing dog bandanas. Twins Sydney and Jaden, along with their friend Amelia, all 12 years old, came up with the idea to create customizable dog bandanas to help raise money for St. Jude's Hospital for Children's Research and the Situate Animal Shelter. Sydney and Jaden's grandmother recently passed away from COVID-19, and part of this entrepreneurial idea was inspired by her. Their grandmother was a very generous person, always giving to charities and performing good deeds. Her favorite charity was St. Jude's, but also had a soft spot for children and animals in general. She not only passed her giving spirit on to her granddaughters, but she also was the one who taught them to sew. After her passing, Sydney and Jaden put both of these gifts to good use. After their grandmother passed, Amelia brought the twins a bandana for their dog to show her condolences. This is what ultimately gave all three of the girls the idea to start a business. The small gesture of receiving the bandana lifted their spirits, and knowing how much pet owners love their dogs, they wanted to spread that same joy to others. Everybody loves their dog, said the twins' mom. You bond over a dog, and you end up making some real friends. The girls got to work right away on sewing bandanas for their new business, Bandanery. Bandanery has already sold over 250 bandanas to customers all over the U.S. and Canada. Their efforts have even reached England. As the demand for their bandanas grows, they're working on expanding and creating a website. Right now, they are taking sales through their Instagram and Facebook pages. Sydney and Jaden's mom said they've been learning all sorts of lessons, from being entrepreneurs to running a business, even to giving to charity. She said, the girls have been communicating with everyone who orders a bandana. We've made so many friends and people have been so supportive. The girls have not only been taking sales online, but they've also made their way into several local retailers. What started out as a word of mouth sales has grown into a much larger business. For local orders, the girls hand deliver as much as possible. Their ultimate mission is to spread some goodness. Sydney, Jaden, and Amelia are doing such a great job at fulfilling that mission, all while surely making their grandmother proud. If you want to find out more about Bandanery, you can visit the links in our show notes. Thanks so much, Allison. We always love hearing those happy stories. Before we leave today, I wanted to quickly highlight a review of our podcast. So this review is from Marigold Quilter. She says, Today's podcast was wonderful, entertaining, and inspiring. I try to walk twice a day and especially look forward to my Monday walks when I can listen to the latest American Patchwork and Quilting podcast. 
today's podcast reaffirmed in me how blessed I am to have such a wonderful hobby that brings joy to me as well as to those I gift a quilt to. Quilting has made this time in my life so rewarding. Thank you for all the great tips and information, and also highlighting what wonderful people quilters are. Thank you so much for listening, Marigold Quilter. We really appreciate your kind review. So if this review is yours, please reach out to us through email at apqpodcast at meredith.com so that we can send you a little gift. Remember, if you love this podcast, please leave us a review. We may feature yours on an upcoming show.